Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit us at unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Mariah Anderson. Today I want to start with the story of the 12 Israelite spies who were sent out to the promised land in Numbers chapter 13. You know the story, Moses commissions 12 men, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and tells them, this is verse 17, Go north through the Neveg into the hill country, and you will see what the land is like, whether the people who live there are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit back from the land." So for 40 days, these men did exactly as Moses told them. They scouted the land and they returned with encouraging reports that the land was flowing with milk and honey, that it was flush with produce, and it was every bit as rich and verdant as the Lord God had promised it to be. And each of the 12 men agreed on this, but then 10 stepped forward and said, there's just one problem here. Bearers of bad news, little rain clouds, They said, there's just one problem here. We can never take this land. The people there are powerful and mighty. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Only two of the 12 spies, Joshua and Caleb, took a differing view. And they stepped forward and they said, the land which we passed through to spy on was an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and he will give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of this land. They are like helpless prey to us. Their protection has been removed from them and the Lord God is with us. Do not fear them. Let's pray this morning, and then we'll get into the rest of the message. God, we invite you to do what you want to do, to say what you want to say. And God, I surrender just every single word that I have prepared, Lord, that only the words that you want to use to edify and build up your church would come through my lips, Father God, and that every heart in this room and every mind in this room would be encouraged, built up, and filled with hope and inspired by the living God. Lord Jesus, that you would unify us, that you would bring us together. Father God, that you are doing a mighty thing amongst us. That our ears would be open and our hearts would be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the Israelites had had a long-standing promise from God. It began with a promise that he made to Abram, who later became Abraham, whom God said he would make into a mighty nation. And to who offspring, he would give the land of Abram's journeying. This promise becomes more clear as it's passed down from generation to generation to Isaac and then to Jacob. And this is the promise that was originally made to Abraham, now repeated to Moses to the people of Israel. He says, be careful to obey all of the commands I am giving you. This is in Deuteronomy 11. Be careful to, com- to obey these commands that I'm giving you. Show love to your Lord, your God, by walking in his ways and holding on to him tightly. Then the Lord will drive out all the nations ahead of you. Though they are much greater and though they are much stronger than you, you will take over their land. Wherever you set foot, that land will be yours. 
Your frontiers will stretch from the wilderness in the south to Lebanon in the north and from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. You see, the Israelites had been traveling and they had heard this promise their whole life. They have escaped Egypt now and they've been in the wilderness for two years and now they stand on the cusp of something significant. The promise to their ancestors was in their reach. A promise they had only heard of, but they had dreamt for and wished for for years. As they survey the land now before them, their eyes trace the intricate shapes that settle on the horizon. Too good to be true. Too good to be true. Church, they were standing in a threshold moment. This cry of their heart that has been stirring for so long that we would be a free people, that we would have a home of our own, that we will be a great nation, hidden deep down in their hearts. But now here it's that first glimpse of a dream turned reality within reach, right before their very eyes, so nearly there. And I'm sure in that moment, all their emotions were running rampant, deep and wide as, a, as fear and excitement raise in equal measure. They were standing on the edge of something super significant, and yet they felt vulnerable and weak. How would God give us this land? That's when that other voice kicks in, the one that gently tells you to take a step back from the threshold. It whispers to you that passing through this doorway will come at a cost. It's too good to be true, or even worse, what lies in front of you is just a mirage. It will disappear. It will slip through your fingers. Just stand at the doorway watching. It's better to survey the land from a distance, but never to take it, never to walk into it, never to sacrifice for it, because it will come with a cost. They believe the... They believed the report of the 10 that said, there's just one problem. We can never take this land. The people are strong and scary. <laughs> their, their city is fortified, and there's giants in the land. And I think that we can relate with this kind of fear. I don't think that we're all that different. But when the promises that we've hoped for are so close, and yet there are still obstacles in our way preventing us from walking into them, we are confronted with the same fears that the Israelites were standing on right there that day. It's the big, scary things that appear to be evidence that we should stay where we are. The big, scary evidence that makes us feel like it's too risky to move forward. It causes us to count the cost and then grow intimidated instead. We have giants in our life, and we come face to face with them when God's promises seem to conflict the evidence before us, like writing our tithe check when our bank account is tight. Like opening our mouth with the word of God before we know what he wants us to say. Like believing for healing and stepping out and putting a hand on somebody to believe that they would be healed when we watch our loved ones suffered with disease and still suffer. It's risky. It's brave. They feel like giants. And the people said, the people are stronger than us. And can I just tell you, there will always be people who look like they're better than you, stronger than you, more equipped, more changed, more talented. And when we, and when we start thinking it's us versus them, we disqualify ourselves. We disqualify ourselves from the promise. But each of us has this encounter in their life where we're forced to decide whether we are going to trust God despite what appears to be evidence with our natural minds 
And when our heart and our head tells us that his way just won't work, we have to decide if we're going to cross that threshold into his promises because God has given each of us promises, church. He has given us each personal promises and he has given us promises as just a believer in Christ. Your, belie- your promises as a believer of Christ is that you will heal the sick, you'll raise the, raise the dead, that you will cast out demons, that you will walk in as great of miracles, even more so than Jesus did himself. That the same power that lives in Christ now lives in you. These are amazing promises, and yet we still have more promises. We have the promises of hopes and dreams and words spoken over us of destiny, calling, hope, and purpose and plans. That we are waiting to be fulfilled, that many of us have been, have been waiting to be fulfilled for years and we still haven't seen it and yes it is scary it is scary walking into something that you've never done before doing something that you've never done feeling something that you've never felt it is going to be scary whether you go there emotionally physically or spiritually it will be scary walking into the promises of God the question is will we respond with fears to these giants and stick with comfort or will we cross the threshold with faith into his promise and into the places that his presence is leading us. You see, we're still in our series on following after his presence, being in his presence. And we are right on the threshold of walking into something new and receiving the blessing and promise of what we have longed for for so long. Just like the Israelites who are standing on the cusp of something significant. And as they stand there, fear grows inside of them greater than their faith. Fear starts to blind them of what they carry in God's presence. And fear and doubt begin to rule their mind. And in this moment, what were they believing about God's presence? What were they believing about God's promises? What were they not seeing correctly about who God is and his nature and his intention and his motives towards his people? You see, they were placing a limitation on God's goodness. They were questioning God's intentions and doubting that God's way and God's timing and God's presence was better than what they could get on their own. It didn't make any sense. You led us all the way up to this land and there's giants living in it? What do you want from us? They were afraid. They were terrified and they started to spiral. Listen to what they say in Numbers chapter 14, 1 through 4. The whole community began to weep. The entire community. And I know, right? How many of us have spent sleepless nights worrying and worrying about our future? And how is God going to open doors? And how are we going to pay the bills? And how is our child going to get from here to there? And what if this? And what if that? And all of a sudden we think, oh my gosh, it's never going to happen. And this is going to happen. And then I'm going to die. And we just play worst case scenario with ourselves until it leads to death. And their voices rose against Moses and Aaron in a great protest. If only we had died in Egypt, or even better, here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us into this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better if we just returned to Egypt? Then they plotted against themselves. Let us choose for us a new leader and go back to Egypt. Classic, classic Israel right here. Every time their backs are up against the wall, every time the Lord wants to take them into something new, every time God is going to show them something miraculous, they get scared, they freak out, and they go, put me back into slavery. Just take me back. Put me where I'm comfortable. Put me where I'm familiar. Put me where I'm safe and where I know how to play 
according to the rules. You know, it was easier the old way. It was comfortable the old way. It was familiar and normal to them the old way. But come on, normal doesn't equal good. A lot of sin is being normalized in the, in the culture today, in society today, in church today. A lot of compromise and complacency is being normalized in culture today. Come on, there is a culture now where you can just hook up, have sex with any random person that you want to, and then get up the next day and do it all over again. That's not normal, and that's not good. Come on, normal doesn't equal good, and society doesn't get to determine what is good for us or culture. We have a higher standard. We don't want to just settle for normal. And walking into God's promises and walking into our destiny and crossing the threshold that God has placed before us is not going to be a walk in the park. It is not going to be like a Disney movie where you rub a magic lamp and a genie comes out and he grants you through your three wishes. Israel stands on the cusp of something great, and yet they have to consider, is it worth going to battle for? Is it worth going to war over? You know, up to this point, God had pretty much paved the way for them. And this was going to be their step that would require them to act, require them to step out and trust that God's presence would have their back. And I don't think that the Israelites were were so dense as we tend to think they were. I think they were questioning, I don't think they were even questioning whether or not God could do it. Because they had seen God do amazing things. They had witnessed God do incredible things. But he had done those things on behalf of Moses. And they had benefited. They weren't doubting if God could do it. They were, they were asking, would God do it for me? Will God do it for me? Will he come through for me? Will he protect my family? Will God's anointing rest on me? Will God's favor fill me? Will God's presence go with me? If I lay my hand out, will God heal through me? Will if I open my mouth, will God prophesy through me? He's, they're curious. They're wondering. They're doubting. They're questioning. Will God protect them? Will God's presence show up and deliver them? If I take the risk, not if Moses takes the risk. It's my, it's my butt on the line. <laughs> it's my family on the line. And they're asking themselves, will God really give me his promises? They were afraid that God didn't love them enough, didn't think that they were qualified enough, and they start to question how he feels about them. And this is so often the same cry of our heart, the same giant that takes us out of the game, the same lie that prevents us from walking into the threshold and following his presence into the unknown. Because, of course, if you're not sure that God will go with you and if you're unsure that he's not good all the time, then it's easy to believe that it's better just to stand at the threshold. It's better to just stand at the doorway and quietly let the dream die before sacrifices are made and bridges are burned and there's no safe way back to normal. So they allowed this fear and this doubt to rob them of their promise. And actually their fear redirected them. And it ultimately led them to rebel against the move of God. Because God wanted to do a powerful thing in their midst. He wanted to do a movement in their midst. They were going to be the carriers of his presence into a great nation. And we actually find out later that the whole city was actually terrified. But they didn't take the land then. And a whole generation misses out 40 more years in the desert. A whole generation misses out on the move of God because people rebel because they're afraid of something new. They're afraid to count the costs. 
to take the risks and carry his presence into a new place. God wants us to embrace new things in his presence, church. And I want to encourage us today, don't rebel against God's presence by being fearful of what it will look like. Because we don't understand what, it, what he's doing or how it's going to look. Follow him into the unknown. Follow him into the new promises that he has. Because God's presence is going to lead us into new things. New to us things. New to you things. New to me things. Because what God does in one person's life might not be what it looks like on another person's life. And what God pours out in one generation won't look like what it's going to pour out in a new generation. A people... God never changes, but God is limitless and boundaryless and infinite. And so his experiences and his presence that he has to offer to his people are the same, limitless and boundaryless. And so they should continue to be new. They should continue to be new. I don't know if you are like me, and when Apple does the new latest um, upgrade or software download, it kind of like, takes you off. Apple's always messing with my settings. Apple is always like giving us upgrades and then there's like new bugs and new ways to use the phone and everything changes. And I'm like, why can't things just stay the same? I liked it the way it was. Everything was right where I had it. I knew where all of the little shortcuts were. Now you give me this upgrade, but I don't know how to use it. I don't know what this is. And it bugs me. It bugs me. How many of you have seen the YouTube video, kids from this generation trying to use rotary phones? We don't want to end up like that as a church <laughs> where we are so unfamiliar with God's presence that it's like ancient and that God has done a new thing and he's given us an upgrade and he's trying to download to us new software in his kingdom and yet we've resisted it so much that when we look at his presence, it's like a rotary phone. We don't even recognize what a dial tone is or what it sounds like when the line is busy. Church, we're going to see a new release of God's presence in new ways. There's going to be a new language and a new advancement, and God is causing an expansion within the church for a new expression, new dimensions and new ways of thinking so that we can, if we can steward a fresh anointing and new wine. Look, we only have such a limited vocabulary to explain what God wants to do because we are finite people. So we use things of the past, and we use things of the present, and we try to describe the future, but we come up short. Phones couldn't take pictures before. You couldn't zoom to expand on your digital or on your rotary phone, on your handheld, with your or whatever the long cord one was. Technology has come so far. And in God's presence, we are coming so far. And there are new advancements and new installments, like downloads that God wants to give to his people. And God wants to upgrade our software, and he wants to download you with something that doesn't exist yet. And it will look different in this generation, but don't judge it as something that is bad. And don't say, I wish we could just go back to the old ways where I was familiar and comfortable and I got it. Embrace the new thing. Go into the unknown. Follow the Holy Spirit. The, promise, the promised land was just a foreshadowing of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And now we have the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit who's living inside of us, the fullness, the presence of God, living and accessible at any time we need. We're baptized with the Holy Spirit. We have the benefits of his spiritual gifts living and dwelling inside of us right now. It's an incredible thing. It's like the first download. It's 1.0. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. 
2.0, learn to walk in the Holy Spirit. And the new upgrades become available. And it's not just for the benefit of the church. Yes, speaking in tongues and prophecy are not just for the church, but to cause a great awakening within the church for the world. So that when we get this upgrade, when we get this download from the Holy Spirit, when we experience an expansion, it's not just for us, although it will wake us up in new ways that we have never experienced before. It's for the world so that we can relate with the world in a new way, in a better way. Because, can I just be completely honest, there are some forms of Christianity that are so unrelatable to the world today that people are leaving the church left and right. And I'm sick of seeing my friends leave the church. I'm sick and I'm tired and I'm hurt that my friends have left the church. And the church has become unrelatable and I believe that God is going to give us a new upgrade and he's going to give us new language so that we can be relatable to the world again so that we can draw the world back to Jesus. We are the glorious church. We are people who are set on the, on the planet with a mission and assignment to transform hearts, to bring new life, to bring new hope. And I believe God wants to do it in a new way. These threshold moments, these moments where we stand, where we want the future, but we're afraid of leaving the past, are equally beautiful and terrifying. <laughs> it's like that moment for you ladies who have given birth. It's like that moment in transition where you're just like, never mind. I do not want this baby. It could just stay. I'm not going there. I'm not going to make that push. No way. You just back to death, right? You're just like, I'm going to die. And then like a split second later when you embrace it and you just decide, okay, here we go. There's no turning back. I'm all in. And then you hear that baby cry for the first time and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. It's so perfect. I would do that a hundred times over to have this moment once again. Not a hundred ever, but like, you know, for me, it's like four, you know? So I'm just saying it's like that. It's like this moment of pure panic and, and total beauty all rolled into one. And this is the gift that God is giving us when he's taking us by the hand and he's saying, come into these new places. I have a beautiful gift to give you. Won't you follow me into new places? God is calling us up deeper and he's calling us out and he's calling us to follow him into the unknown. But we can't move forward without leaving something behind. We cannot... We're going to leave our comfort. We're going to leave our familiarity. We're going to leave security because God is shaking loose what we want to, once took security in and causing us to cling tightly, hold tightly to him. Be dependent on him in new ways. And it won't come easy. It will be a battle. It will be a sacrifice. And we will partake in the same sacrifice that Jesus sacrificed for us. We'll partner in his suffering in this way. Forsaking all others, just like when we say I do, we, we stand up at the altar and we commit our lives to another human. We forsake all others in relationship. We surrender all other options except for them. And it's like Jesus is taking us by the hand and he's saying, will you forsake all others for me? Will you sacrifice all your other options? Will you lay down your own individual rights? Will you, just sh will you share in the decision making of your life with your beloved and embrace that your life is not your own. You've been purchased with a price. And these threshold moments hold so much power. They have the capacity to make or break a vision. And there is a vision for your life as individuals and collectively. You see, the 10 other Israelites were happy to stop short 
in God's promise for temporary relief when really it ended up being a long-term pain. Temporary relief, which means they didn't go to battle today. Long-term pain, meaning 40 years in the desert and a whole generation of people who missed out on the vision that God had for them. Threshold moments have power to make or break a vision. And God's presence had led them up to this point so that they could take hold of something new, something they hadn't experienced or tasted. He had prepared a place for them. He had it all laid out like a banqueting table, a place of his goodness and provision and promises. And it reminds me of Psalm 23, 5 through 6. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love how the Passion Translation says it. In the second part of verse 5, it says, You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. A wafting aroma, the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. Each one of us carries the fragrance of the Holy Spirit and anoints it anoints your body, it anoints your head, it anoints your lips. It's like a beautiful smell that's pleasing to the Lord but attractive to the world. He anoints you with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. And he gives us all he can drink of himself. He says, so you give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and your love pursue me all the days of my life. You see, many of the Israelites saw this threshold moment as the end of a long journey. They had finally glimpsed, they had finally glimpsed what their hearts had longed for for so long, but they stopped exhausted and tired and f- afraid of what was coming next. They found themselves settling in the doorway of that threshold, never crossing through it, never taking hold of it. And maybe there are people here who are at risk of settling in the doorway of the promises of God. Maybe there are some of us who have grown tired and weary and sick of hearing the promises of God and then never seeing anything different, never seeing them delivered. So we grow, we find contentment in reasoning that it's good enough, that we've come this far. We can see it from the distance and we'll just, you know, we'll be like second responders. Like after everybody else rushes in, then we'll take hold of it after most of everybody else has like, it's for real. But my challenge to you today is be a first responder. Be a first adapter. Be the first to adopt what God is doing in the move of God. Be, you don't have to be the best. You don't have to do it perfect, but be the first. <laughs> be the first to adopt the new things that God is doing because God has pre- prepared a place for you, even in front of your enemies, even into those places where you feel there's obstacles. God is preparing a table before you. He's pulling a seat up at his table. He's saying, come and have a seat. Come and have your say. I've invited you to the table. There's a seat for you at the table. He has led you with his presence up to this point, and he wants to take you into new promises for his pleasure and for his purposes. So be like Joshua. Be like Caleb. Be like Moses. Do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of the giants in the land. The Lord your God is going before you, and he will fight for you, just as he did for the Israelites in Egypt. And while you were in the wilderness, there you saw how God carried you just as a father carries his son 
all the way until you reach this place. God is on your side. God is on your team. He is with you. His presence is with you. His presence goes before you. His presence goes behind you. And he sets up a table before you in the presence of your enemies. We have nothing to fear. They had all the assurances that wherever their foot stepped, the land would be theirs. God wants us to not give up, to not grow tired, to not stop hoping in the promises of his presence and the outpouring of his presence. So my encouragement is don't give up, don't give in, don't quit. Don't get small, don't retreat. It's not easy moving forward. It's not easy adopting new things. It takes strength and fortitude, church. But God is uniting us with one spirit, with one purpose, under one heartbeat that is Jesus. And he is pouring out a new thing in this generation. He's going to pour out things that we have not recognized, that we won't have the verbiage to explain. But he's telling us, don't be afraid and don't judge what my presence will look like. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God goes with you. If that doesn't give you confidence, if that doesn't give you hope, I don't know what will. God is going with you into the presence of your enemies. God is going with you into face those giants. God is going with you so that you can conquer those promises and walk past the threshold and into the things that God has in store for you and for the church. Will you stand with me this morning? I want to give every single person the opportunity who has not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior to do that today. Because without Jesus, we all hope is lost. Without Jesus... There is no redemption without Jesus. There is no security, no comfort, no reward. And so with every head bowed and with every eye closed, if you are here today and you have not made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, Lord of your heart, today is your moment. This is a threshold moment for you to be brave in his presence, to grasp hold of this eternal promise. If you can make yourself known by putting your hand in the air, this is not to embarrass you, but it's so that I know who I'm praying with. If you're here this morning and you want to make Jesus your Savior, raise your hand. Yeah, I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Will you all pray with me this morning, church? Jesus, we recognize your sacrifice. And we accept the free gift of salvation. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Transform me from the inside out so that I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, right now I pray for every person who is tired and weary of hoping. For every person who's grown up, maybe in church, who's seen one adaptation after another, who's gone through many downloads and new software and whatever, and they're tired of promises that haven't been fulfilled. God, I pray for fresh filling and fresh hope and fresh belief in Jesus' name, that you are not done working, that you are not stopped, you have not stopped moving, and that they would begin to hope again in being a first adopter of your presence. they would not grow tired and weary of counting on you to surprise them. And for everyone else, God, who's been paralyzed with fear, 
of if they, will you type of questions. Lord, that you would cut off the strings of fear in Jesus' name. That you would break the bondage of fear in Jesus' name. That you would empower your people, embolden your people, and that they would begin to walk in a new strength and a new courage that they have not yet tasted or seen. That the power of the Holy Spirit would rest upon them, fill them, and empower them to walk in a new confidence that they have not walked in before. God, and I pray, Lord Jesus, there would be testimonies rising from the lips of people in this church, Father God, of new ways that you are opening their mind and expanding their vision. Father God, dreams that you're pouring out and words of encouragement that they have not yet seen or ever tasted and it would be like a miracle in their own personal life because they had never encountered it before. Surprise us once again. We are hungry for all of who you are. We want to accept you however you come, however you decide to pour out your spirit. And we believe in these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.